Thank you for being here with me and welcome back. My name is Katherine Daniels and I love to empower people with spiritual healing and wellness. The best thing about Retreat to Peace is the gift of inner peace, greater love and joy. During these times of changes and uncertainty in our world, nothing is permanent except our souls. That's why we need to come together as we travel through one another's countries, creating a bridge, removing all the labels as we come together as one people, finding our home in one world. And this is why our signature talk today is so important. And today I'm so excited to welcome my guest speaker, Sabrina Wages. Hi, Sabrina. Hi, thank you for having me. You are so welcome. We're honored to have you. And Sabrina is an amazing, vibrant 26-year-old, and she has an amazing story. So I'm actually going to allow you to introduce yourself to the audience and share a little bit about who you are. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, like you said, I'm 26 now, um, but two years ago when I was 24, I um, actually fought in one stage four cancer, and that has been a big, big part of my life um, then and now, but I, just a little bit about me, I'm one of seven kids. I, my five younger siblings are adopted, so big family. I love it, um, and ever since I fought cancer, I've found a new boldness, and I am now a three-time published author and uh, a life coach and an actress, and I have just lived a lot of life, and I'm excited to live more. <laughs> That is incredible. I know a lot of people, I'm going to kind of take this piece by piece because I know a lot of people I have personally interviewed on the show that have gone through cancer. They have talked about how scary that is. I mean, just getting the diagnosis, I think, I think for a lot of people, there's a lot of fear around Mm -hmm. getting that diagnosis. And one of the things that I think we're seeing an uptick in more recently is the diagnosis of cancer. So mm-hmm. being 24 years old, getting this diagnosis, I mean, what happened? Like, what did that do? Um, It was really interesting because it, I went to the ER one day and within two hours, they told me, hey, we're going to do more tests, but I'm, like you have cancer. That's all we can pick. Um, and I didn't have my mom with me because it was at the beginning of COVID. So I was by myself. And I remember that moment, though, because there was that moment. And then it actually took us until September to fully diagnose it through testing and different things. And so I actually had two experiences in the hospital by myself where they told me I had cancer. So I actually heard it twice. Um, and both times I had this like pause and I knew that I had a choice in that moment to give in to fear or give in to God. And it was a really big moment because I stayed quiet. I didn't really, I thanked the surgeon, thanked the doctor, the people who told me. Um, but as soon as they left the room, I made sure that my first response was something that was memorable and had impact. Um, and so I made sure that the first words out of my mouth were, I refuse to fear because I wanted to set myself up for success in this. And I mean, that's not to say that the fear wasn't there, (laughs) um, and wasn't like present and trying to take over, but I made that conscious choice to let something else succeed the fear. 
I think that is so incredible. Was that something that you were taught or, I mean, was there other situations in your life that you had that put you in a space where you could recognize that you had a choice? Um, Nothing as big as that, but I, I mean, I did grow up in church. So like we were, you know, we're always talking about how, you know, fear or faith is one or the other. Um, and like, I did have a story of a big pastor come up to mind when in that circumstance. Um, but I had been through nothing again that big, but like I'd had opportunities to fear to an extent. Um, I had, my parents got divorced when I was 18. So a few years back. So I had that big thing to go through. Um, and what's funny is it's actually, it was actually, the first experience, the last two years have been filled with <laughs> things. And it was actually the first experience in a series of things that happened over the last two years with my, something happening with my grandma. And then my mom was actually diagnosed with cancer as well. And it was setting me up for success in more than one ser- situation that I had to go through. So you were able to watch your elders, your grandmother and your mother go through circumstances and were they like you did they just throw themselves all in surrender to god and it was literally like you said faith over fear my mom yes my um grandma no my grandma my grandparents they lived two doors down and they actually aren't saved well grandma is now but um they weren't and so um it was a different experience watching that because we watched her fight. She had a major brain bleed. We watched her fight for 10 months before she passed. And um, it was amazing watching the difference between like my experience and then her experience with different, you know, with faith and without. And it was um, just interesting to see it. And toward the end, we finally like, I mean, she was in the bed. I got up when I was like, grandma, this is serious. We got to talk about this. And she let me pray the prayer of salvation with her. And so toward the end, you could see that shift um, with my mom. She was like, no, we ain't doing this. I ain't like, <laughs> and her actually from diagnosis to surgery for the breast cancer um, was 10 days. Like she had a little bit of di- time for the diagnosis, but as soon as she was diagnosed, it was like, bam, bam, bam. We didn't really have time to <laughs> be too afraid with that one. Um, but it was really empowering to watch her and she has made comments about, she's like, well, I watched you go through all of that. Like I can do this, I can fight. And so it was amazing to watch us experience it from the opposite side that we had before. Cause she was my primary caretaker and then I became hers. Um, and so yeah, hers definitely had the same, I'm not going to fear response. <laughs> I think that's so amazing. And if you, if you could, I'm not sure if you can, but if you could, can you help identify the difference of the response that your grandmother had without having faith and what you and your mom had? Yeah. Um, we had a more, I guess, well, my grandma was um, in the hospital for a couple months, not kind of in and out of consciousness. And we really saw it evident with, I mean, grandma's always been feisty. So like her personality was that anyway, but she didn't really have that same drive, I guess. Um, Like she did what PT said. She did what all these people said, but there wasn't that hope for getting better, just kind of quality of life in the moment. Um, And it was watching my grandpa as well in that same 
experience and especially as she was dying and we could see that she didn't have much time left because he doesn't have that hope of anything further than this life and to watch him so hopeless and he would he was clinging to her and wanting to keep her here regardless of how she was suffering because he didn't have any hope that he'd ever see her again um and he actually still is not currently saved we're working on that but um <laughs> and so to see the different like drive and just like i mean mom and i we wouldn't let it stop us um there were probably days that i should have rested and i didn't because i'm like that nope this ain't gonna <laughs> we got our spunky attitude from grandma but um <laughs> but yeah it was definitely a difference in that fight and the seeing us as healed like mom and i saw past the diagnosis i don't know if grandma ever did I think that right now, this conversation is so necessary. And the mm -hmm. reason I say that is because I have come across in my walk just day to day, so many people living in fear. Mm -hmm. And when you're making decisions out of fear, you're not making good decisions. <laughs> and you're clouded by that fear factor and every every cell in your body is responding in fear and you you know there's so many biochemicals that happen to your body and you know the body response and all of these things and a lot of a lot of people they want what everybody else has when they have this ability to not live in a fear space, but they don't know how to get it. So I'm sure at some place and moment in time, maybe you were one of those people, like maybe you were in a fear space and you you wanted it not to be there. And like, what, what changed it for you? Like, what did you do? Um, honestly, I have to say, first of all, like my words were powerful. Um, with speaking against the circumstance because I never like speaking of fear like I never had the fear that I was going to die I can say that with 100% like I was never afraid I was going to die but it was actually more I think the times that I experienced it was like with the side effects of the chemo and I really didn't have many but it was that like almost anticipation of you don't know what's gonna happen um, and I think the first time I cried over all of it was when they told me I'd lose my hair. And I'm like, I was like, which I didn't, I, it thinned, but I didn't lose it. Um, and so I chose to speak against it. Like as I was getting the chemo, I would sit there and be like, nope, not going to have any negative side effects. This is going to do the chemo will do what it needs to do in my body. And then it will leave. Um, and now I, I did have a few side effects, but it wasn't as bad as it could have been. So I had to keep shifting my mindset back to the image of me healed after and what this was going to accomplish. It's so incredible that you're saying this because I have interviewed other people who have helped cure their cancer and their bodies. And, you know, there's always this pattern of success, right? Mm-hmm you're saying similar things that they did as well. Like the one woman that I interviewed, she talked about how she would visualize that part of her body mm -hmm. and visualize that part of her just healing. 
and she would she would see the cells and she would see them being blasted and you know just reforming healthy and being in this space of just vibrancy where it was you know just brand new and everything was fine and it's i think the power of the mind and what it can do with our bodies is so incredible and i tell people all the time like god's given us everything we need right mm-hmm. so it's like the food that we eat the things that we put in our body the god-given food is the best thing for our body. It's the stuff that man makes that gets us sick, right? (laughs) It really is. It really is. So I think, you know, that's something that people need to be in awareness, like having discernment of what they're saying, the words they're using, and then how they're living to, you know, to your point. It's like you made a choice in that moment that this wasn't going to take you and you were going to be above it. And intuitively you knew you had God's army mm-hmm. and you had that protection and you were going to be just fine. And that is so amazing. I, I absolutely applaud you for that because I think there's so many people that just don't even, don't even have an idea of what that could mean for mm-hmm. them. But I think it's, I think it is a place where you have to go into this space of surrendering, knowing that you are in this army, you know, amongst this army that's got you, totally got you. Yes, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. So you go through this, um, you know, this life changing experience. Um, right now, there's somebody on the other side of the globe that's listening to you and their parents went through a divorce. Mm-hmm. What's your advice for whoever's listening that needs to hear some sort of message around how do I not let this define my life that my parents got a divorce? Um. First, I would say, this is what just keeps coming up, is that, like, it's not your fault. Um, I know that a lot of kids will take that on, and I, I know that it hurt my self-worth a bit. Um, and, it you know, it wasn't because I, I fully thought that it was, like, my fault that they got divorced. But it was just, like, that why... Because I, I stayed with mom. All of the kid, those kids stayed with mom. Dad is the one that left. Um, and... It was that almost that he didn't want, like, the one person that is supposed to love you left. So how can you be loved by other people if one of the people that was supposed to, like, your parent is who's supposed to be there, who's supposed to love you, but if he couldn't, how can other people? Um, And I think that was the biggest impact, was trying to remember and find myself again and who I was in God, not defined by someone else's love for me, because human love is not the same as God's love and true love. Um, and I've come to realize, cause it's been about eight years now. Um, and I, I mean, I, I still talk with my dad some, like our relationship's not fantastic, but like I do talk with him some, but I have come to realize that he loves me the best that he knows how. Um, and that realization has kind of brought me back down to seeing, okay, that's all he knows how to do it. But you know, 
he's doing that. And I have a mom who loves me to the end of the earth. So definitely don't let it define love for you and being loved. I think, I think the way you articulated that was perfect because it does knock your esteem, right? It makes you question a lot of things, a lot of things. And it, it appears that you've done a lot of healing and have done a lot of work around this. And that's amazing. My parents got divorced when I was very young and similar to you, um, I had a situation where I didn't have either my mom or my dad because my brother and I were living with my grandparents and the way I was raised was very unique. I really didn't have anybody parenting and there was a lot of time where it was just my brother and I, you know, we were alone. We were doing things by ourselves and I didn't really know what that parenting felt like. So as I was an adult and started to have relationships and started to experience other people and their families, that's when I started to recognize, oh my goodness, this is what it feels like. And it was very scary at first because I didn't know what to do with it. You know, I didn't have that exposure. I really didn't know what to do with it. So it was a process. But I think I think sometimes when we go through these situations, they are like life is always happening for us. We could have the worst moment and have no idea why we're experiencing that. But then when we look back on it, we're like, okay, this is the gift and why I experienced this. Because there's always something that we learn from it. There's always something that comes from it. So for me, I used to real, like, be so upset because I'd feel sorry for myself. Like, I didn't have a mom who did those things, like, go shopping and do my hair and, you know, play dress up or whatever it was. Like, I didn't have that. And then on the flip side, I had this father figure that it it just was not a good situation because of, you know, a lot of abuse. So... It took me years to figure out, like, kind of like what you were saying, this love, it comes from the higher power that we experience. And for some people, that's God, you know, everybody has their own version of it. But um, for me, I just really recognized, like, okay, I I was gifted to the world through my parents, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. But that's where it, like, stops because... Mm-hmm. Because I know I'm love and light and I am loved and it's, it doesn't have to come from them. Kind of yeah. like what you were saying. So it kind of redefined everything for me. So you have your parents go through this divorce. You go through this stage four cancer. And congratulations, by the way, for overcoming that because that is an amazing thing. Um And I think, you know, just your mindset is amazing because I think mindset does have a lot to do with how we operate in life and how we jump these hurdles. But then you take it even farther. So you decide, you know what, I'm just going to like throw down any hurdles 
or obstacles, and I'm just going to go after life. So talk about that. Yeah, it it's funny. Whenever you go through a like life-changing experience like that, it really does shift your mindset, like whether you want it to or not. Because you suddenly realize that when life could be taken from you any day, you don't have a day to waste. And so it really has just changed me in how I go after things, how I chase dreams. Cause I'm like, why, like, I'm, I'm tired of saying, like, I don't say anymore, you know, oh, well, I'll get to that next week. I'll get to that because there's no time in this life to wait until next week. And so it was funny. I, after chemo, um, for about a year, I did still struggle, um, with, which is actually why I wrote my second book because it, um, people think that, oh, chemo's done. You're cool. You're done. Um, but it's, that mindset shift of finding your normal again and like this weird like you get attached to your nurses and your doctor and stuff and like you have to reshift your life again and find normal after cancer and um so after about a year though I found this life coach program and so I went through that and it was incredible because it talked all about mindset is it was my essentially mindset life coach training and so to see the shifts in that as well really helped me and during that is actually when the lord led me to get back into acting and it was funny because i did it when i was a teenager had an agency back then and i kind of let it fade a little bit and hadn't done it in several years and god so clearly one day was like hey you're gonna do that again and i was like that's cool like awesome and so like through a series of events, I ended up getting back with the same agency without having to re-audition, which was like amazing and a miracle in itself. And then the owner of it, they own like four different states, uh, three or four different state places. So they have hundreds and hundreds of talent. The owner of it was like, hey, I want to take you on personally. And I'm one of seven actors that he represents. He got me an agent that's like nearly impossible to do unless you already have jobs like the all of this has just like fallen into place and that's all been since last April. So it hasn't even been a year and it's just incredible because now like very soon I'm going to go travel to film and it's just to see the life that God has given me since then and all the life that I get to live. Um, it's been incredible to see that I get to travel and share my story and be an inspiration way outside of my town like it's so cool and anytime I have those bad days it's that reminder of like there was always a chance that this day wasn't going to be there and it kind of kicks you back into gear of okay let's get back on this let's go do this let's go change the world <laughs> that's amazing so with this with this mindset program what would you share with the audience about living in today and how things are moving so fast? And, you know, somebody might be listening to this right now and just having a really hard time for whatever reason. What What would your advice be for them? Um, I'd say take a step back and take yourself out of the current situation that you're in and really just process through, like, your mindset and how that's making you feel and then like what actions is that causing and then just kind of see and don't don't like try to do it in big steps but like just what little shifts can you take find the positive in it all um even if it's hey i woke up this morning and i'm breathing 
That is great. Um, I keep a journal that I write in at night of all the good things that happened that day, all the things I was blessed with, just to keep that mindset of, okay, like, even if it was just that I went to Walmart and there was a front parking space, like, that was awesome, you know? It's those little things. You have to find the little things. And just because I love this, I found saw this quote, like, just because you have, it's not a bad day, it's just a bad moment. Right, right. Each day is different, yeah. Yeah, and it it's so true because I think people, they get stuck in a space where it's like, there's a series of things that's happening and it's not going their way. So now they define the entire day as a bad day, Mm -hmm. but it's, but it's really not, it's really not. It's just, you've had a couple of moments that have tripped you up and doesn't mean your whole day has to be bad. Like you, you can turn it around and shift it. What's the, what's the thing that you do that if you're getting tripped up, like what's the thing that gets you out of your state? Honestly, a lot of times I'm, my personality, I need to step back away from people and kind of just like, and one of the things that I love to do, this is so silly, but I love to go get a coffee and walk around Target. Like that is my like mindset, like shifting. It just like relaxes me and like, it's me time to go walk around. Um, but yes, that that's, that's my like go-to like physical thing that I do <laughs> is to just kind of separate myself from whatever situation is happening and kind of just regroup. I don't know if there's targets on the other side of the globe. <laughs> That's so, true. So maybe we can give somebody out there, um, what give them something that you would do if you were on the other side of the globe. The other side of the globe. Um, really just find a quiet space to sit and process through the thought, like write down all the thoughts that you're thinking around the circumstance and just kind of see how those thoughts are serving you and then shift them to something that would serve you better to kind of get you back to focus on the good things and the positive that's happening. That's good advice. I like that. So currently you're on the brink of stardom because <laughs> you're, you're uh, anxiously waiting your you know, your orders to go travel and do these shows. And that's, that's actually so amazing. And it'll be great to see you and, you know, on a show and see what you're doing, because I think that would be great. But you also said that one of the things you're doing is you're, you're a life coach. So the people that you're working with, are they your age? Are they younger than you? Like, how, how do you do that? Yeah, the ones I've worked with are um, like, the young adult coming into young adult. Um, cause I really like to help young adults who don't have that like dream and vision for the future to help them kind of focus in and realize that like they have big things and they can dream big. So that, that is like my kind of like love area with one-on-one coaching, I guess. Um, but I really like how, I mean, anybody who needs to process through things to, you realize that this life is worth living um, I really like to help that. So I do that with the one-on-one coaching. And then I actually have a coaching course that um, just launched like yesterday that I am doing that follows my first book and it's called Overcomer. And I love it because it's how to overcome when you're going through a trial. And I was reading through it again last week before I like uploaded it and launched it. I was like, man, I need to do this course. Like I need to go through and do it. 
because it's just practical steps to get through the everyday. Yeah. And, and I know right now the young, the youth population, there's a huge kind of like a disconnect that's happening currently. Um, a lot of the youth population has been deeply affected by lockdowns and, you know, COVID and the way things have changed. Um, they've been deeply affected by that. And for a lot of them, they're turning to things that may not be healthy for them. Yeah. And I know we have a, a lot of people, young people that are really struggling with their identity because they feel like because of the shifts, they don't know where they fit in or how they belong. And I, I think that's something that is probably going to be something that we're going to be dealing with ongoing for a while. So what would you say to parents that are listening right now? You know, what, what can parents do to help them? Honestly, the big thing that keeps coming up is to help them realize that their identity is in who they are inside, not what is around them outside. Um, not, you know, their academics, their, that's not, that's what they do. And that's great, but it's really about who we are inside Um, so really I would just encourage parents to help their kids find like what they love about themselves, what their personality traits are and how they can use that to impact the world, because that is ultimately what's going to change this world is when we realize who we are inside, not who we are outside. What makes, so what do you think contributed to all of this outside stuff for the youth population? Ooh, I don't know. Um, <laughs> a lot of just, oof, that's a good question. I mean, it's that conformity is what, I, I'm not really sure fully. I mean, just every, all our situations around us, all the like government shifts, all the different things have really impacted kids nowadays and how they view things. Um and like situations with like school things and just there's so many factors that play into why they view the outside as who they should be um but yeah, I don't know if I can say a definite like <laughs> what like one factor there's just have been so many in the last especially two or three years yeah well the reason I ask you that question is because you're definitely closer to the youth population than I am you know, generationally. And I just wondered with the people that you're working with, you know, some of what they're experiencing, like what are, what is it that they're experiencing that may have shifted? So I can say as a mother, when my children were growing up, they used to get really mad at me because I wouldn't let them sit in front of the TV. I would have them go outside and play and I would encourage you know, the opportunity of learning through experiences. So also, and, you know, learning um, about their environment, learning about giving back to other people that are less fortunate. There was a lot of things that I tried to instill in my children, but remove this idea that they had to keep up with everybody else, or they had to um, have things a certain way because that's what everybody else does. I mean, at the end of the day, like 
God creates us to be unique. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that's, and that, and we all have a unique sense of being, but unique gifts and talents. And I, I love to share the story about my daughter when she was young and she was in kindergarten and the teacher had expressed how much she loved to draw and she would just draw and draw and draw. And even though the whole class was working on another subject matter, my daughter would just sit there and draw and draw and draw. And the teacher's like, you have to talk to your daughter about this because she's in school and she needs to learn other subjects. And the interesting thing is when she got to first grade, one of her friends um, was actually admiring her artwork and she they were having a conversation. And I remember my daughter coming home and she was like, it's just not fair. And I said, what's not fair? And she said, well, Madison, she already knows how to read and it's easy for her. And I said to my daughter, I said, but you love to draw. You know, there's people that go to school to learn how to draw what you do in first grade. (laughs) (laughs) Because like her drawings, she never did stick figures. She just went right to, you know, like actual people with eyelashes and fingernails and the whole thing. And it was amazing because, you know, you put her drawings next to other drawings and it was like, this isn't even the same (laughs) category at all. And she was always being recognized for that talent. So I was trying to tell her, like, that is one of your gifts. Like, you have this natural ability to create and to do these things. And she's an amazing artist. And, you know, everybody's gift is different. Like, it's just different. And I think tapping into those gifts, those God-given gifts, those strengths that we have, that's where we really can give back, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah, absolutely. So this focus on the weaknesses and we have to strengthen them. I don't know if I always agree with that. You know, <laughs> like, no, we need to strengthen the strengths that are already there. <laughs> yes, yes. But um, but yeah, I think and I think the world has just changed so much. It's just changed so much in such a short span of time, and I think that is also very hard, very hard. So. I love your positive energy, your positive thought process, all of that. And then I wanted to ask you, so I'm also um, an author, so I understand what that's like. And you said you're working on your third book. Is that right? I'm actually working on my fourth. I have my, I have three published. Okay. Okay. And are they geared towards the younger audience or like an older audience? kind of adult um the well the first two young adults would benefit greatly from them um but really anybody going through a trial because I wrote one during chemo and one after the first two um and so the first one is about how to find the goodness through any trial um so really anybody experiencing that and that's I mean young to old everybody walks through something and it's um so I, I just like love that. And even I've pulled it back out. I'm like, oh, I'm walking through this again. And my mom will be like, hey, I think you have a book about that. And I'm like, oh, I do. <laughs> um, and then the second one is about a- how to go handle after a trial. And the, But the third one is, it can be for anybody, but I kind of wrote it more for the young adult 
um, teenage population. It's called Dear Daughter, and it's 90 days of love letters from God. And so it's done in a way you can write a letter back. And so it's it's kind of cool. And I've actually got a video a couple weeks ago from a lady who bought one for her daughter. And she's probably like, I don't know, eight, nine, because she's still in that, like, working on sounding out words and stuff. So she was younger, and but she was sitting there reading it, and it touched my heart to see her at that age reading that. It was so sweet. Yeah, that is incredible. I love that. I, it sounds like It sounds like your relationship with God is so profound and amazing, and I just love that about you because I think, as I stated earlier, we're living in times where I think we really do have to be in alignment, you know, with that as far as each individual, um, because there's so many people that I, I could see the difference in people that have that relationship and people that don't. Yeah. And it's, it is a difficult conversation at times because the people that don't have that relationship, it's like they want it, but they don't know how to get it. They don't know what to do or how to go about it. So what do you tell people? Like, how do you get people to open up to having a relationship with God? Um, You know, it just comes down to, I was actually listening to the song. I'm trying to remember who it's by, but it's called My Jesus. And I was listening to that like January 1st or 2nd. And God so clearly said, like, this is your song for this year. Because it just, it just says, let me tell you about my Jesus. And my advice would be that it's not complicated. And all like God wants is to love you. All he wants is a relationship with you. And that's what it is. It's a friendship. It's um, this awesome like friendship that you have and that he'll guide you every day. He'll help you make the right steps. It's really not as like, you know, hard as people want to make it sound. And he he doesn't want to stop you from living your life. He wants to give you good things. Like you have this best friend that wants to only do good things for you. Um, so my advice is it's, it's simple and he wants to love you and he wants to help you. Um, so yeah, that's why, that's one reason I love that song. Cause it says, let me tell you about my Jesus. And it's, it's not hard. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I think for people who haven't experienced it, they're not really sure. I guess there's that fear factor because they're not sure what that could mean for them. It's the unknown, right? It's like, I don't, I don't understand what you're saying when you say he tells me this or he he shows me this. And I, I have a, um, I have this interesting story where it's like, you always hear about people that are in these circumstances and had they not done something at a given moment in time, their life would have been completely different. So mm-hmm. how many times do you leave your home 10, 15 minutes late and you're going down the road and you see a car accident yes. and you literally think to yourself, if I had been on time, I would have been in that car accident. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, and it's like the, the things that are happening are, there's always purpose and reason for what's happening. And even when we can't see it or understand it, it, it is there. It is there. Yeah. There's something there that is happening in front of us and it's for a reason. 
But I think um, one of the things that I like to do is similar to what you do, but it's a little bit different. I also have a book that I write in every day. And some people, you know, talk about gratitude journal. And what I do is I actually write in it. I put my prayers in there because I'm inundated with people asking me to pray for something or someone. And I put my prayers in there because there's so many I can't like keep them all in my head. (laughs) And then um, what I do is I go in and I, I put all the blessings that have been bestowed upon myself or answered prayers or what have you. And it's always amazing to me how many prayers are answered. Yeah. And how beautiful that is because sometimes we look at some of these things and we think, how, how is this even possible? Like, how can you, how can you fix this? Or how can you make good of this? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it, and it's still, you know, something beautiful comes of it. And it's just really beautiful. And I think when you're in that awareness, that state of awareness of how God is working through us and working through other people, you know, for us, it, it changes your mindset. It, it creates a shift and you're like, okay, okay. I'm starting to understand how things are operating around me and how it's, you know, how it is gifted for me. And you probably have, you even probably have a story of when you were going through your cancer treatments where maybe you had this beautiful nurse or doctor that you totally could relate to. And I feel like even those coincidences that people will call them, I never feel like they're coincidences. I feel like those experiences were meant for us and those people were put there in that precise moment for us. Yeah. Yeah. No, I love that so much. As you're saying that one nurse actually came to mind. Um, I, well, I loved all my nurses. Oh my gosh, it was so sweet. Um, but there was one and she was the one that did my informational meeting because you have to go in and they have to tell you it was an hour and a half of all of the side effects of all of the drugs you'll be given. Um, and yeah, it was a very long meeting. Um, but it was funny because she was just very like straightforward, just very scientific, like, and so we kind of like, she didn't get like, you know, like, facial express like there was none of that and it was funny um all throughout it was the fact that I didn't lose my hair that she could not understand um because I kept speaking to it I, I had a scripture I was like nope I'm not gonna lose my hair like pulled back in a ponytail really you couldn't tell I mean I it was thinning but like you couldn't tell and um so like every like so often with chemo treatments she'd walk through like she wasn't minors but she'd like walk through she like you still have your hair and like walk through like there wasn't any big thing and it was the very last treatment and I'm sitting there and uh all the nurses came in and they rang bells for me and she stayed and my other nurse is like taking my IV out of the port and stuff but this nurse is standing right in front of me and she goes I don't get it and I said you don't get what and she goes I have one question how do you still have your hair? Like she still could not fathom this. And I paused for a moment and I looked at her. It was funny. My mom actually wasn't with me that time. It was a lady from our church that was sitting there. And um, I looked at her and I said, God. And she goes, 
that was a really good answer and like walked away and it was so funny but it was so cute because I could see at that moment that like that had been a witness to her this entire time and I'm like you know what if that's if she's the reason I walked through this then it was worth it for that one person yes yes that's a beautiful story I love that and it you know it's 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 profound how many times we are facilitating his work and we don't even know it. Mm-hmm. Yes. We don't even know it. It's just so beautiful. And I just feel like that's part of the journey of life is just, you know, providing opportunity to love other people and gift to them even the basic things of just experiencing life that maybe they wouldn't have had or had the opportunity to have witnessed. And there's just so many, so many things. It's beautiful. But I did want to ask you, is there, for the, for the Retreat to Peace audience listening, is there anything that you can offer to them during these times that may be helpful to them as a life coach? I think my big thing is don't give up dreaming. I think we've, especially through the pandemic, um, I feel like we've gotten so caught in that, like, oh my gosh, I don't know what tomorrow's going to bring. How can I even think about next year? Um, I'd really just encourage you, I've done this with one of my clients and she was younger and it, oh my gosh, it helped her so much, to start a dream journal. And she sat down and, because we were just talking about it, she's like, I don't really know, like, I don't, you know, know what I want to do. Um, and I could just see that lack of vision of better things so i would really recommend just grabbing a journal and just dreaming big just don't like let anything limit you don't let just write them down i mean it could be travel somewhere write a book be on a movie like whatever it is because anything is possible um so yeah that would probably be my advice right there is just don't give up dreaming especially in these times that we're in right now yeah it's Interesting because Tony Robbins is a very influential name that I think most everybody knows. And he talks about the seasons of life and we're in a season of winter right now. But the amazing thing about winter is that there's always something that comes of winter and we go into spring and, you know, spring's around the corner, but what does it look like? Like, what are you manifesting for your life? And what do you want that to look like? So I love this dream journal because I think you're right. I think so many people are just caught up in this is what it looks like right now. And they can't see that spring is coming. We just can't see it yet, but it's coming and it's not yeah. going to stay like this forever. You know, this is just a moment in time. And we have to keep moving forward and keep our vision and just keep striving. So I love that. That's a beautiful, beautiful way to go. Um, so I think one of the things that really is coming to me is when you're 24 years old, diagnosed with cancer, and you're in this moment where you're like, okay, I'm just going to own this and I'm going to go and this is not going to take me and I'm just going to like run with it. I mean, your warrior self rose and just went after it. And like, there was no whole bar. You were just going and that was it. And 
it's amazing because you had, like you said, you had your mom, you had your grandmother, you had all these things happening. You were still processing, you know, probably your parents' divorce and you had this really big stuff happening. So someone who's going through cancer and listening to this right now, what would your advice be to them? I want to say that this story keeps coming up. Don't, I say don't give up, but um, I say, I guess don't give up before you've even started. Um, and I say that because I was sitting next to, I was on a different floor for some of my chemo treatments due to insurance stuff. And um, there was a lady next to me having the informational meeting. And it was like, mine was in a private room, but hers was like in this room where other people could hear it. And she was getting her first chemo. And the doctor was like, you know, talking about the hair loss and all the side effects and different things. And she was like, oh yeah, I've already scheduled to get my head shaved next week. I've already planned to not go out for the next six months. I've already, like she hadn't even started and had already given up. Um, And so that, that's a big thing. And then the other thing is, as I was having my port surgery or right before I had it put in, the chaplain comes around at the hospital, you know, before. And he'd seen my chart. He knew exactly why I was there. But he was, he prayed over us. And it was funny. My mom and I, I don't remember anything else from his prayer. I don't remember much else from that day. But he, in the middle of it, said, may they find the joy in the journey. And at first, mom and I were kind of like, mom's like, he knows why you're here, right? I'm like, yeah, I mean, I'm sure he saw my chart. And, but it really is, it's finding the everyday joys. Like, I mean, the new friends we made and like the sweet friends that, one one went and got me grapes because that's what sounded good. And it was during the pandemic. So it was a very different walk through cancer. Um, but like she brought grapes and set them at the top of our stairs, like uh, the patio. And like we had one friend who would always bring me my sugar free ice cream that I wanted. She's like, you just need an extra treat. Like find the small joys in the everyday. Yeah, it's all around you all day, yeah. every day. Yeah. And it's even, you know, people take for granted just like hearing the birds chirp and mm -hmm. having the birds visit. And the interesting thing about birds is like the birds always come back to the same places. So a lot of times you'll have generations of birds and they're they're in awareness of your routine, but you're not in awareness of their routine. <laughs> That's true. <You> know? <laughs> so it's like. It's interesting how the two worlds collide, but, you know, one has more awareness over the other than, you know, than it being vice versa, but we're all sharing it, right? Yes, and, oh, I love that. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so, <laughs> and I just, I always think, like, when the birds are singing, like, that is God's orchestra, and it's just so beautiful. Like, if you really sit in it and feel it, it's just really beautiful music, and it just reminds you, you know, the natural beauty we're surrounded in so I love the little blessings like you like you were saying and sometimes it's just being in awareness you know yeah. what's around you but that yeah. is really awesome yeah so I have one last question to ask you and I ask all of my guests the same question so if I were to find your earth angel feather on the ground and I were to pick it up what would your message to the world be I would say be a blessing to those around you, even in your hardest times. That 
really shifts and helps you to be blessing other people that just came up so strong that like when you're in the midst of those hard times use that time to bless somebody else and you'll realize what beauty you have within that you can give to the world and it helps you find that purpose in your life again absolutely beautiful and what I love about your purpose and blessings is that they're just going to continue to ripple and ripple and ripple out, like you said, and that's just so amazing. So I'm so grateful that you were part of the show today and you're just a lot, a bunch of love and light and beauty and it's amazing. And it's been an honor, truly an honor to have you here. So thank you so much. Thank you for having me. This was an amazing experience that I'm so glad that I got to join. Oh, bless you and continue to be well and definitely keep us posted as you uh, go off and fly because I feel like you're, you're on the brink of some amazing, beautiful, you know, things in your life and your journey. And it's just going to be outstanding. So definitely keep us in mind and, you know, we'll have to do another show at a later date and, talk some more but but thank you thank you thank you absolutely thank you so much so thank you everyone for listening today and this is Catherine Daniels with retreat to peace reminding you to live your authentic life with peace and as always retreat to peace and we'll see you next week Hi everyone, welcome back and I hope everyone is having a fabulous week. I hope your 2023 is going really, really well and you're shutting off the news. You're focusing on yourself as far as a space of love and healing and peace and serenity and you're radiating that out to everyone you know. I have been guided by several people in the last couple of days that there are some big things happening and I'm super excited to be traveling next week, going on a huge adventure for a conference and super excited to bring back with any kind of updates and news that I find out about. But as I do that, I will ask for your prayers in my travel. I will ask for your love and support and I'm just super excited to be able to share what I learned when I come back from that trip. So as we go into the next week, I remind you to be mindful of your decisions, be mindful of where you are and what you're doing. And when we move forward into next week, I have a really beautiful guest that's going to be talking about relationships. That's something that we all have with our families, our friends, and one another. So she brings us on a journey about that. So stay tuned for, for that piece of it. And as we 
go into the coming weeks, we'll be going back into our segment of getting centered and how we can do that for ourselves and focusing on 2023 being the best that it can be. So I hope you're still working on those vision boards. You're looking at them every day and really manifesting what it is that you want for your life. Can't wait to talk to you next week and have a great week ahead. We'll see you next time.